The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Really? Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we are bringing you the latest news and analysis on the general election campaign and we are recording this one pretty late on Wednesday evening following the first leaders debate between Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin on Virgin Media. I am joined by Fia Kelly and also by Jennifer Bray who's been out all evening at the Virgin Media headquarters and studios in Ballymount and is still there. Jennifer, what was the evening like out there? The first thing I would say is an absolutely fascinating debate between uh, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar. Um, it was kind of unusual actually when it started because uh, the Taoiseach arrived quite early. He arrived around half eight and uh, he was pretty soon after flanked by three ministers, uh, Regina Doherty, Pascal Donoghue and also um, uh, Simon Harris. So uh, that was kind of an unusual uh, development in that you wouldn't have normally seen that in previous uh, debates. Sorry, I'm just being kicked out here and moved to another room. But um, I'm obviously talking too loud. But yeah, so that was kind of unusual. Um, and they sat in an anti-room, they watched the debate then. Um, so Micheál Martin then arrived shortly after nine o'clock and he uh, was just with his advisor. So a bit of a difference in, in arrivals there. And uh, they got obviously they got stuck in then shortly after half nine. And, and we can, I guess, go into some of the, some of the things they talked about. Yeah, well, Fiuk, you were watching it on the TV, same as me, rather than in the studio. What did you make of it, particularly, say, the first part, the first part up to the first ad break, the first half an hour or so? Yeah, I thought that Leo Varadkar performed very well in that first section. It was a new style we saw from him, a bit of humility. Uh, you know, I thought the line he said about empathy, you know, I may not be able to put it into words, but judging by my actions or words that affect was quite a, a, a clever way of putting it. And he inserted a massive and major new news element into the general election debate which is throwing down a grand coalition to Micheál Martin which we didn't get an answer to from Micheál Martin tonight so I think Varadkar probably came out of the blocks better and I suspect that's what actually counted because the the debate did drag as it went on I would imagine that a lot of people got bored a lot of the casual viewers there unlike ourselves got bored maybe if they were still watching they started stopped paying as much attention and if they decided to just leave it they probably changed the channel or went to bed so I think from that point of view the most important element was the opening uh, section that said, Micheál Martin did improve as it went on. He had a strong segment, I thought, on the pension issue, which is the issue of the day. And it was strong on health as well. But I think that Martin came at it like a doll exchange, whereas Varadkar came at it like the medium it is, which is television broadcast into people's homes directly. And I think on that basis, he probably won the debate overall. 
Yeah, Jennifer, I, I think you may disagree, but I tend to agree with Fiek there that, you know, one definition of a good politician is somebody who can fake sincerity better than all the other politicians. And there was there were elements in that, that first part of the debate when he was talking, as, as Fiek said, about not being able to articulate things. In fact, kind of owning up to his own weaknesses and making them into a virtue in a way. And Michal Martin seemed blindsided by that, almost blindsided as much as he certainly was by the Grand Coalition offer. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the things they talked about was obviously both of their records uh, in terms of being uh, health ministers in the past. And Leo Varadkar made the point that um, while they both had those jobs, he was willing to accept that they didn't get everything right. And he kind of said, you know, you'd swear Micheál Martin was a brilliant health minister and he called that unbelievable arrogance. So he saw kind of some of that more personal nature of um, uh, exchanges between the two. And you saw it as well in, in, in talk about the economy and also in terms of the uh, housing and homelessness issue. You know, uh, the Taoiseach said that he, he acknowledges that he'd let down a lot of people and... Um, that, you know, he basically acknowledged that was the case. And it did seem to kind of take Micheál Martin a little bit by surprise and that maybe he wasn't expecting him to be quite so putting his hands up in the air and saying, you know, we got we, we did get a lot wrong. And this is the line that Leo Varadkar is rolling out a lot over the course of the campaign, which is, uh, you know, basically that we haven't done enough and, and they acknowledge that it hasn't been enough. So it definitely is a more kind of humble approach. And it, but, you know, in terms of the economy, when I talk about he's, he's mentioning, you know, Fianna Fáil that they don't really acknowledge the the damage that they inflicted pre two thousand and eleven and there was one also telling comment where the or where the Taoiseach talked about how one of the things he'd admired about um, Michal Martin was his um, apology that he made at the party Ardesh a couple of years ago where he he talked about the damage that had been done whereas now he seemed to be changing tax so that was a that was a real theme of the of the debate. I mean, the other thing and the other reason why I thought that, that Varadkar had a pretty good night was he managed to adjust his tone from time to time. So there were these emollient, I hold up my hands, I'm not perfect kind of moments. And then there were the kind of the attack dog moments as well. And I suppose the, the spikiest part of the debate, Fiuk, was over health. They really went at each other then. They did. And it was like, who had the better tenure as Minister for Health? And Varadkar saying, you know, you must have made mistakes during your time in the Department of Health and throwing at Micheál Martin a very old controversial issue from his time in the Department of Health about a report that was, you know, lost while it was in the department. And Martin seemed to kind of react uh, in, in, in a kind of prickly manner to that. But I think that was the the one where they really went toe to toe, whereas you said that they with Varadkar in particular, there was a changing of emphasis and tone and pace that was one that was like a proper political debate where they kind of took the gloves off and went at it i think the other probably standout moment from a news point of view will be the answer on drugs uh pat kenny kind of threw a curveball at both of them on when they've ever taken drugs um the Taoiseach's answer was, I addressed that in a hot press interview a number of years ago. What he said in that hot press interview, and I have it in front of me here, is that, uh, I'll actually read it out. When asked if he ever expense, uh, speaking to hot press, the politicians admit, politician admits he smoked cannabis in college. And when asked if he ever experimented with ecstasy or other illegal drugs as teen, replies, not since I've had an elected office. Anyway, I've been extremely law-abiding since and I've elect, since I've been elected to politics, I suspect that may rumble through the coming days as well. So that is the one. It was a 30-second snippet. He looked awkward when it was asked of him. That, will be, that could be one that features in the campaign over the next few days.
Yeah, Jennifer, it was one of those moments where, you know, it's probably, what, four or five seconds or something, that pause. It felt like four or five minutes, you know, and there's people were putting up screen grabs of the, you know, um, Virgin Media were using this split screen and there's this huge beam on Michal Martin's face as Leo Varadkar stands there awkwardly. I mean, you know, politicians of this generation and indeed the last generation have had to cope with that question for, for 20 or 30 years now, from Bill Clinton to Barack Obama to, you know, Tony Blair and David Cameron and everybody else. And we kind of thought it was just par for the course, but I suppose because it was being couched in uh, at the background of this subject of people, middle-class people, taking moral responsibility for their decision to purchase recreational drugs causing to the kind of stuff we saw that we saw on the streets last week, it has more of an edge to it. It does indeed, yeah. And, and, and you're right, Micheál Martin did look absolutely delighted. And um, it, for those of us kind of watching outside, journalists and other observers, it was everybody kind of cringed, to be honest, when uh, that happened because the delay was just two or three seconds too long, to be honest. Have you ever taken illegal drugs in absolutely. any shape or form? No, I never have. You ever had You know, I answered that question in a hot press, hot press interview about 12 or 13 years ago and I answered it truthfully. Which is? Which is? The answer that you did. Yes, but it was obviously a long time ago. Now, look, honestly, I just don't think, yes, there will be further questions about it and he'll be asked, you know, well, what exact drugs and, and what exactly are we talking about? When are we talking about? But will it lose them any votes or will it do any real damage? Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it'll become a tabloid story in the next few days. I think it will become one that will be focused on by you know, it, it will become an issue for a couple of days. You can see by the Twitter traffic, the web traffic, it, 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 it may go away after two or three days, but it is going to linger. That and the Grand Coalition, I think, are the two things that will kind of f follow through into the campaign. And do you think it matters, Fiat, that, that particular, that, that drug story? I'm not sure it does. I think it is potent against the backdrop of what we're talking about right now in terms of, as you say, Hugh, middle-class people, uh, you know, being told what you're doing on Saturday nights and at dinner parties is fueling what's going on in Drogheda. I think there is an edge to it now and this week that there may not have been six months ago or a different time. So why it may not become a defining element of the election, I think it may become one that has potential to cause trouble. Now, Jennifer, I mean, I thought that Pat Kenny did a pretty good job throughout. I thought it was a, it was a pretty well-handled debate. I thought it benefited from the fact that they didn't have an audience. Probably they weren't able to get an audience in time because this was set up at such short notice, but I thought that made for a better TV programme. If I had my, um, my TV critic's hat on, I'd say the weird split screen, which had them the other way around from the way they were standing in the studio, was strangely disorienting and breaks all the rules of how you're supposed to make a tele television programme, but that's neither here nor there. They did really just jam on a couple of issues at the end and they barely only got a minute or two apiece. And some of those were big issues. One of them was around, you know, potential coalition with the Greens and what, what would not uh, or would get into a joint programme for government with that party. And that was the only reference at all to climate, climate change and climate crisis and all those kind of challenges. Yeah, it did seem like the climate issue was kind of an afterthought, didn't it? And that it didn't really come up at all. And you're right, there was a lot jammed in there to the end. You know, Brexit as well, as well didn't really get much of a look in. Um, there wasn't really any kind of in-depth look at what might happen at the end of the year. Um, but look, a lot of that is because it's, there's only so much you can fit into a debate, even though they were on their feet for, you know, an, an more than an hour and a half. So, um, but there were, I think before that we saw, maybe in the first half of the debate, the stronger exchanges and going properly into depth. 
depth on, well not properly, but as, as much as you can at these things, depth on issues. And I, I'm thinking particularly here of housing, where the two women were asked about their different pledges to the voters and uh, Leo Varadkar went on the attack in relation to the Fianna Fáil plans for um, the SSI scheme, uh, which would, it's a 33% scheme that they're proposing. And the Taoiseach basically said that this would drive up uh, the, this would drive up the cost and would not increase supply. And then this kind of gen- changed tack into Fine Gael's record on affordable housing. And then a kind of breakneck p- pace we're sort of into talking about homelessness, which is when we had that comment, I think the FIAC mentioned about where the Taoiseach said, I, I feel that we've let people down. So, you know, there were some issues that we, we got into a little bit more, but certainly at the end, those Brexit, um, Sinn Féin, climate, they were a, a bit rushed. And I think maybe in the next debate, we'll, we'll see hopefully a little bit of fleshing out in relation to that. of course, this that. was the first debate and it's the first of several, it's the first of two head-to-heads, Fiac, and there'll be other two more leaders' debates with, with seven party leaders, you know, which, those ones tend to be a bit more messy and, and chaotic, but we'll see what they're like. So this is the first outing. What should we take from it uh, in terms of where, where the two leaders stand at the moment? Well, if you look at what the both parties wanted going into this, that this debate was framed by the poll in the Sunday Times and the poll in our own paper, the Irish Times, over the last few days, Fianna Fáil's noses were ahead, although not by the amount that the Sunday Times said, which is 12%. I think, speaking to people in both parties over the last 24 hours, they felt that the debates had taken on, and this debate in particular had taken on a bit more significance. It was seen before this was more of a dress rehearsal for the, the, the next head-to-head, which is four days out from polling day on RTE 1. But Fine Gael wanted a win to arrest the slide, to turn the kind of narrative around the election that they were on the way out. This was their election to lose, uh, or sorry, that they were going to lose this election. And I think Fianna Fáil wanted a win to, on the corollary of that, keep the momentum going. I think the wider effect on the election will be that Fine Gael got what they wanted, whereas Fianna Fáil may not have got what they wanted. And Jennifer, what's your judgment on that? Um, I think if if, if Fine Gael and if Leo Varadkar wanted to achieve two things, which I think they did, which was firstly to show him as maybe more personable uh, and less robotic. I think they achieved that, uh, albeit only for a brief moment when he talked about, you know, the fact that he cares, but he's not always able to say it the way other people can, or maybe he's not always able to show it properly. I do think that was kind of a, a brief insight. And also if he wanted to portray the idea that you, the economy of the past and the things we don't want to go back to, he did that in his closing few minutes where he, he talked about this is about parties that you can trust. So I think it, th- if those were the messages they wanted to get through, they, uh, they succeeded. And Fianna Fáil, obviously a huge part of Michal Martin's intro and his outro was in relation to waiting lists, whether that be housing, whether that be health. And he got plenty of digs in throughout on that. And for that reason, I honestly think it was a tie. And that's not me sitting on the fence. It's honestly how I feel it went. I think Leo had the first part, Michal had the second and they both evened out on the last one and make it 50-50. Right, okay, so that's a, that's a win for Leo, says Fiac. Uh, 50-50, says Jen. I would tend more towards Fiac's analysis there. I, Keon Corda I is think, deciding here. Keon Corda is deciding. <laughs> I think so. I am the, I am the swing voter. <laughs> I think that I, I kind of agree that particularly in that first half an hour, um, I think it was, you know, both strategically in terms of some of the points that were made and in terms of the actual visual presentation and 
human presentation, I just think that he judged judged the moment a little bit better, but not a knockout blow by any means. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens over further debates and and everything else that's going to happen over the next while. Um, we're going to leave it there um, for this evening. Thanks to to Fiak and to Jennifer for joining us. Before I go, I just want to remind you again that um, while you're listening to this podcast, uh, you might just realise that you, what you need in your life is unlimited access to journalism from the Irish Times. So you should go as soon as this podcast is over to irishtimes.com slash subscribe to sign up for a digital subscription at the extraordinary price of just one euro for the first month and you get all our news, our analysis, our business, our sports and opinion and features along with special subscriber-only benefits including uh, invitations to special events and also subscriber-only services which include our Daily Politics Digest emailed directly to your inbox. So remember, go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe. That's it for this podcast. Thanks to our producer, Declan. Remember, you can subscribe to us in all the usual places. You can also find us at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can usually find us all on Twitter. We'll be back very soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Over and out.